So you remember how last week when I was talking about uh, Last Action Hero, and mm. I said that Arnold Schwarzenegger threw a little shade at, uh, at Sylvester Stallone, and then in Demolition Man in the same year, Sylvester Stallone threw a little shade at Schwarzenegger. A yeah. mm-hmm. little bit of like banter between films. Yeah, so this all is, in good fun, all in good fun. This is that, just uh, less epic. Our friends over at the movie podcast Film Floggers uh, did an episode on my recommendation. And uh, this is what came out of it. Here's a little clip for context. So this was another film, another recommendation from someone on the Facebook. This is from Johnny. Johnny, me and you need to have words, mate. Me and Johnny met on Facebook. He's got his own movie podcast mm. with uh, his brother, Cy. Oh, definitely. So, hmm. Cy. Yes. Hmm. How do you spell that? S-I, I believe. Oh, like Cy. Sarah Simon. Or is it actually called Cy? Sorry, I'm intrigued. Why do you stop saying? Why don't you ask Johnny or Sai? No, I don't want to speak to Johnny because he made me watch this film. Do you want to speak to Sai? Confirm yes, do, what his actually. name is? Yes, I do, actually. I'd like to speak to Sai. Ben Davis from Film Floggers. I think he likes you. I, I think so, too. I think Fiona hates me. I think that you've, you've successfully created what can only be described as a nemesis. <laughs> yes. Can I ask you, just like many people spend their entire lives avoiding trying to make a nemesis... How did you manage to do this? Well, on Facebook, you see, Ben asked me for a suggestion of a film that they, that they could nitpick. Yeah. And I thought it might be funnier if he took a movie that was complete and utter shite and, uh, and ripped it apart. Absolutely. That's how we work over here at What's Our Seat Number. But also, I, was, I, I, I gave full disclosure. And you also... Because you... I, I will read you what I wrote. So I wrote to him and said, listen to this ep last night while on a long drive, almost veered off the road several times while guffawing. Guffawing. Guffawing? <laughs> while guffawing. Yes, I can't even... Yeah. Warning, this podcast is hazardous. So Ben wrote to me, haha, cheers, Johnny. What did we learn here? Never listen to Fiona in the car. Is there any film you'd like us to nitpick or review? So I said... Lots of people beat me back recently with a stick when I mentioned that a rewatch of Cutthroat Island was akin to cleaning out a toilet for me. I'd be interested to hear your nitpicks on that one. So you did give them full disclosure full that disclosure. it was like cleaning and a toilet. And he wrote back, stay tuned, with a poo-poo emoji. Oh, okay. Fiona, however, has sort of taken to the idea that you're scum. Without ever having ever heard the podcast, I don't even think she's even heard their podcast. Um, <laughs> but um, Why are you... Conti- Do you understand that she's going to take that as an attack? <laughs> Stop saying things that are going to get you into trouble. She sounds formidable. She is quite formidable from the sounds of her, yes. Um, no, but she, so she seems to think that I am the scum of the earth and that you somehow are... That's because I have yet to upset her. She's never heard you speak. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like I haven't opened my mouth yet. I think that Fiona and I would, uh, would get on. I think that there's some I think there's some kind of validation for me here. I I feel validated because a few months ago I went onto the Empire Group and I uh, and I I wrote a review of Cutthroat Island and I said I haven't seen this since not necessarily since it came out but like definitely within that five year like sort of period of 1995 to 2000 and and I rewatched it and it is the worst thing I've seen since. Oh my god! I was going to say something about the Holocaust. That's not good. I, th- I need to. I need to filter Why myself. Why do you keep doing that? <laughs> because, do keep... because I think it's really funny. Like I'm all for that, right? I love that junk. I know you. I'm like, do. Yeah, yeah, but like you. I know you, you do. You've you've said to me in the past that I'm too blue and that yeah, I need I to calm we, down. I, do, I think we switch places. I don't think we switch places. I think I brought you down to my level. <laughs> definitely, definitely. It's like you know we're coming up to our to our sort of year anniversary. 
what is it paper what is that podiversary podiversary Pod- yeah yes congratulations what yeah. are you getting me uh, fuck all <laughs> <laughs> so i just in order to just sort of wrap this up i just want to say thank you ben davis and uh, film floggers for giving us all the shout outs that you guys gave us on facebook absolutely on Twitter, and for talking about us throughout that last episode that you recorded just just actually before we close this out yeah. Um, I did want to say that I do have a suggestion for them. From searching, I haven't uh, seen that you guys have watched Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, Ooh, okay. So, uh, Ben and Fiona, could you watch Mrs. Doubtfire and tell us what you think of it? And also, I think a question was asked on their on their episode where they were completely ripping you to shreds, having never met you or spent any time with you, um, which I completely understand, by the way, both of you. Totally. Um, it was, uh, <laughs> I, I think if Ben's they asked, listened to any of our episodes, he's got the idea by now. <laughs> they asked what Cy is short for. Is it, is it Simon? Is it Cy? 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 Yeah, it's Simon. Um, so yeah. there you go. So uh, Simon Says, watch uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, and you can't refuse because he said Simon Says. Hello! Sorry, I said, and then then the music started and then Johnny had to interrupt the music because we forgot to say, let's have an episode. Damn it. What's our seat number? Hello and welcome to What's Our Seat Number, the podcast that coins phrases such as a morbs balls and doesn't care if you hate us for it. I'm Johnny Gross, a solid keyboard warrior with a penchant for buggery, and with me as always is my co-host and brother, a 3D artist, the pioneer of sulk, the inventor of the wonky-eyed stare, and a perpetual wearer of resting bitch face, it's Simon Gross! Thank you. Wonky-eyed stare? Uh, What does that look like? You know you do that that anime thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then and then when you yeah, and then when you like sort of couple it with angry stare, you know, yeah. that, that's that's basically it. Yep. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a film that had people talking for about two or three minutes last year, and that this podcast has mercilessly poked fun at without having ever seen it. It is, of course, that stone cold classic of modern cinema, Sony's own answer to good films. It's Morbius, and man, won't we look like complete idiots if we actually enjoy it? I'm worried I might. I'm also worried I might because I've seen people going, you know, it's not actually that bad. Yeah, I was, I was like trying to prepare myself for this and I looked up, why do people hate Morbius so much, <laughs> right? And, and there's, a, there's like a Reddit, you know, thread where people are saying, I actually really like this movie. I mean, there's a general consensus that it kind of harks back to early 2000s comic book movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I like X-Men. And by the way, I like The Amazing Spider-Man, and I also like Venom. I actually quite like Daredevil. Uh, I like I like the director's cut of Daredevil. The director's cut of Daredevil, of course. Uh, what did you What did you say? Venom. Yes. Venom. Venom. I, I wasn't a big fan of Venom. If, if you talk about like the director of Venom, Ruben Fleischer, he made Zombieland, uh, and then he made a couple of movies that I didn't really connect with so much. Especially there was a, a film noir that was shot completely on digital, so looked very sort of cheap compared to the sets and the the period and the design and all that stuff. Um, and uh, and and then he made Venom, and I was just like, this is eh, this is eh. it. It just didn't really. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it just, just didn't really. I didn't really connect with it. I don't know. So I didn't watch Venom. Let there be car- carnage. Beef or pork. Yeah. I listen. I I also did not connect with it, but it's like it. People say, "Oh, this is a dumpster fire." It's a terrible movie. I enjoyed it. It was fun. And sometimes, look, 
there's some real shite out there. There's there some is. really, really bad movies like Cutthroat Island. Cutthroat Island. <laughs> Cutthroat. <laughs> Cutthroat. She's going to kill me now. Oh, no. <laughs> We're she's good. She's not going to make it this far. She, she's in, coming right? after so us. <laughs> Ooh, they're getting closer every time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a little. I'm not worried. I'm going to like this because, you know, it's if it's a good movie, then we haven't wasted our time. And if it's a bad movie, we haven't wasted our time because then we get to trash talk it afterwards. Yeah. Do you know who directed Venom? Let There Be Carnage. No. The Great Andy Serkis. I was completely shocked when I oh, read really? that. Yeah. Cool. But I haven't. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. Um, Carnage is a is a fun character. I. I'm not a massive fan of the Venom character. I have friends who collect the Venom. Like, Venom has his own run of comic books. Yeah. You know, the sort of anti-hero thing. And that's really cool. And I, I like the concept, but it's just... um, I don't know. It's not my thing. Okay, so let's move on. We are going to uh, go over to the news desk, which you have commandeered yes, I'm, uh, today. I'm taking over the, the news desk uh, today. So, uh, yeah, it's um, it's movie news. Movie News. Good morning and welcome to What's Our Seat Number Muse with me, your anchor. Sorry, but not so sorry, won't try it again. Coming up, these stories and more. Buttocks on fire as a result of chronic mendacity. Premature expulsion as child leaves school to twat some pigeons with a bag of croissants. And Jonathan uninterrupted and unencumbered by the burden of trousers. Let's get to the muse. The, the muse? Movie news? Oh, I see. Because you, uh... you kept on going, movie muse. And so I've adopted that, see? Clever. The uh, the Little Mermaid teaser was uh, released this week. Um, yeah. And uh, I watched it. Did you watch it? I watched it. I was debating whether or not to talk about it, but it's just like, there's, in all honesty, it's every time something's released and you see an African-American actor... Uh, in a role that is ha- has previously been white, there's always a lot of vitriol and racism. Yeah. And I just like every time, every time I see something like that, I just think to myself, "Wow, we've really progressed, haven't we? Like, it's just disgusting. What the fuck? Well, I mean, I wasn't, mean, I wasn't, you, I wasn't even going to touch the race care? thing because because it's obvious that there's people. You know, it's like my my issue here is just the. Uh, the fatigue didn't you did you say you watched pinocchio or you watched some of it and you got bored you you we and... watched up to the point where the blue fairy comes in and uh, and animates him right so you couldn't really make it past that right no we i was watching it with the wife and the kids went to bed fairly early and we had to make a decision on what movie to watch so we started that and then it was like you know what this isn't worth spending our one night where the kids have gone to bed early on this, you know. Yeah. So uh, we started watching the movie Fall, which uh, which is a, uh, a, a you know one of those you know sort of disaster movies. Two people stuck on the top of yeah, a tower. Yeah, blah, I've blah, seen blah. a lot of posters yeah. on the Empire. So we watched stuff. the first uh, five or six minutes of that, and the acting was absolutely atrocious. So we moved on to mm-hmm. just continuing our regularly scheduled programming of rewatching Breaking Bad. We're terrible. <laughs> well, no, I mean there's just a lot of. Um, sort of half-baked uh, offerings out there. Like, yeah. You know, I, I, what was the movie with uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and, and Gal Gadot that came out on, on Netflix? A Red Notice or Red something? Red Notice, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shosh and I were, were watching that, and she fell asleep about three quarters of the way in. And I was just like, I'm not enjoying this. You're not enjoying this. Can we stop pretending that we're interested in this film? Like, you don't have to watch stuff all the way through if it's not yeah, holding your attention. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a point where I'd just rather rewatch something that I've already seen just because it's a sure thing, you know? Yeah. 
Um, Fableman's first review uh, oh, reviews I, are in. I am so excited yeah, for I that movie. Yeah, I wanted to get your take on it. Yeah, so I, I, we're not going to do a, a what have we seen this this week because I haven't really seen very much. Yeah. Um, so maybe... I, I, I managed to watch one more episode of The Boys at the Shosh this week. <laughs> Fantastic. Well done, you. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I saw um, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Yeah, um, I tried. Well, it, it is incredible and and i know that uh that i'm you know i'm a spielberg fanboy and that's kind of my you know my bag but uh i'm also a big fan of west side story so if anybody was going to be a difficult audience member for that that would be me i was very skeptical even even though you see the was directed by steven from visionary director steven spielberg so i so even seeing that it's like yeah but west side story how you can improve on that Spielberg made his version of West Side Story, and it's dazzling. I, I thought the casting was spot on. A lot of people criticized uh, Ansel Elgort, and there were all sorts of controversies and news that came out about him and whatever, and I, I disassociated all that stuff because I'm not watching Ansel Elgort. I'm watching Tony mm-hmm. uh, falling in love at first sight with Maria. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and obviously all of the stuff that's, uh, that's problematic about the show and the, uh, and the original 61 movie is still there yeah. because... It is Romeo and Juliet, so they do fall in love way too quickly. She does still uh, spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen West Side Story or heard of West Side Story, but she still sleeps with him after after he murders her brother, etc. Yeah. Et there are all kinds of issues with the with the plot, but if you can sort of like let go and say that is what the plot that's the is, play. that's what happens, that's how it goes, then everything will be fine because Spielberg found ways to justify and. Um, and sort of apply logic to to a lot of things, and uh, and sort of re-situate certain scenes, and re-block certain scenes, and the way that he moves his camera, and the way that he directs his actors, and I and I just think he he did a fantastic job of making Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. So seeing the trailer for The Fablemans, literally a couple of days after watching West Side Story, I was I, I thought it, it looked like a uh, an enchanting, rose-tinted look at the past, at childhood, mm-hmm. and um, and and it's just I, I think it's I think it's going to be one for the Oscars. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a big one. Yeah. Um, and also he's reuniting with uh, with Tony Kushner, who's a fantastic screenwriter and playwright. So yeah, I, I I'm really excited for that one. I think it's going to be good. I think so too. I'm also excited for it. One of the things that gets me the most about this whole thing is that you've been sort of. Uh, a very big admirer because I think fan is a disservice. You're not a fan. You're a you're an admirer. You're mm. a, you're inspired by Steven Spielberg. The first time I noticed that somebody actually controlled this thing called a movie and made it happen was was Jaws? Steven Spielberg. Yeah, when when I when I first saw directed by Steven Spielberg probably like i don't know et or hook or like whatever i was watching when i was a kid that uh you know raiders it's like you you start to see that ah i'm really enjoying all of these movies that are made by the same person and that's when i first figured out what a director was and it was him and he's he's completely like he's a stone cold genius there's nothing else to say about it really yeah so i'm i'm also 
uh, I'm also just grateful that you are still able to look at him as as a yeah. hero in that way because yeah. a lot of these now now because everything's a lot more available and we start finding out things you know as, about people and their pasts and what that they yeah. they've started disappointing us you know like yeah, certain yeah, actors absolutely. or directors yeah. and it's nice that how old is he 75 you said he's 75 and he's, he's it looks going. like he's not only still going but he's still making new discoveries about himself and his uh and his, and his skills and his like potential as a filmmaker um he's still shooting on film and uh, he still does things the old-fashioned way but with sort of uh, an uh, an eye of like growing all the time and like coming coming up with new ways to to sort of make movies uh and i and i really i i really admire him for that I, you know 75 years old there are other filmmakers that are that are going stale or or uh, or going off basically <laughs> Um, you know, it's like, I, I think that, uh, the, you know, whatever you think about his output of the last 10, 20 years, uh, you can't deny that, uh, personally, I think he's, he's made some fantastic films in the last 10, 20 years, but you can't deny that his craft is ever improving. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, no, no, no. I love listening. The no, I love listening to you talk about Spielberg. Yeah. Just, I love it. Um, so, uh, next piece of news, uh, Joker 2, or... Uh, fully a deux. Um, it's, a deux? It's a deux, because it's deux. un deux trois, un, un deux trois. Right? So, oui. fully a deux. It's, it's actually, it means, um, or it's, it's, uh, it's not what it means. It's, it's, the, it's about a shared psychosis. Right. Right. Which is not exactly what Harley Quinn and Joker have, but I suppose you could spin it that yeah, way. Yeah, you could. Um, uh, it's uh, Lady Gaga playing uh, playing Harley Quinn. Exactly. And it's a um, musical. So there's uh, new casting news on that. Uh, someone called Jacob Lofland has been cast as an important Arkham Asylum character. Um, and uh, I didn't know who that was, and I still don't, because I haven't actually seen the, uh, the, the Maze Runner franchise, uh, but he was apparently playing a character called Aris. So I don't, you know, a little bit of movie news for you. That no, oh but, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's it's just uh, when I think of an important Arkham Asylum character, I'm like looking online and seeing people saying, "Oh, it's the Riddler. Oh, it's Penguin. Oh, it's all that." It could be the Warden. It could be Jeremiah Arkham. Like you don't, you know, who cares oh. really? I, but it would be really cool to see that character realized. Now, if we're on the subject of Joker Two, and we haven't finished the movie news segment, I'd also like to say that. Um, on the 21st of July, uh, somebody had a birthday. Yes, that was me. Um, and they, uh, you know, continued their ever-going, slow, zombie-crawling trudge towards the grave. <laughs> um, and I got you a present, and it arrived, and I keep forgetting to give it to you. So if you're here, and we're talking about this, can I give it to you now? Sure you can. Cool. I think I saw it. You wait there. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hide it. Oh, look at that. This for you. Oh, that's awesome. Would you describe it for the listeners? So it is a it is a model by Minico of of the Joker with a pair with a crowbar and a pair of uh, fake teeth. It's highly stylized. Highly stylized, and it looks amazing. It's really finely like made. The details are cool. Oh, but I can also see on the back. I can see that there's like a couple of other. Uh, yeah, there are some. They they do a really cool line. They also like do the Superman one. Looks they incredible. do more realism. Uh, he looks in young. The, uh, yeah, looks like they've de-aged him. Like he's uh, like you know. He looks like a like an animated series kind of version of it's himself. It's really beautifully painted as well. Yeah. 
So we'll post a picture of that on uh, on the Facebook for anyone who's interested. Um, but Very um, nice. yeah, no, I just uh, I saw this line and I was like, that will go great on your shelf because you have a lot of pops and collectible figures and stuff like that that you display on your on your bookshelf. Uh, so I thought that could go up there. And it's not as scary as some of the ones you have there, so the excuse can't be, oh, it's going to scare my children. The ones on the top shelf, uh, I'll post a picture of this as well, are all of the horror characters <laughs> that yeah. I have. So there's the Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth, there's Pan from Pan's Labyrinth, or the Pennywise. Fauno. There's Pennywise, there's the Alien from yeah. Alien, uh, there's, uh, there's Patrick Bateman holding an axe. Isn't there, um... There's the Scream, the Scream uh, ghost face. Norman Bates. Norman Bates is over As there. As his mum. Yeah, Norman Bates is his mum. Uh, and there's another one with a knife. Who's the, who's the other one with a knife? The Scream. Oh, you said Scream. Scream. Uh, I think it's Norman Bates with a knife. No, yeah, Norman Bates with a... I think there are three with a knife. You live there. Why I am I there. supposed I to recall I'm this? You I'm drawing a complete... Alzheimer-riddled old man. I'm drawing a complete... Blank. blank. Right, so that was the news. Movie news. Backed by popular demand... From the 21 people who have so far listened to the last Action Hero episode, thank you very much to all 21 of you. Here we are again with Stop, Hey, What's That Sound? Am I supposed to guess what the sound is in the jingle as well? Because I know what it is. <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's the mummy. It would have been, yeah, the, 1932. It would have been too easy. Um, <laughs> so today you have 10 questions. And they are all of varying uh, difficulty. <laughs> so here we go. I'm not dialed in today. The on. first one. The first one. I think you're gonna you're gonna get quite easily though. Here we go. Again. Is it Back to the Future? It is indeed. Correct. <laughs> Run for it, Marty! They found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Yes, that is indeed correct. <laughs> well done. Well done. Thank you. Question number two. Hmm. <laughs> is it, is it, um, can I hear it again? I think it's the Three Musketeers. Is it? It is not no, the so Three Musketeers. Again. I thought it was, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is obvious. Hang on a minute. You got it. You got it. Hang I can on, see the, again, the wheels turning in your head. Do it again. Do you want me to give you a hint? Yeah. Or do you want me to play the answer? G give me a hint. I'll give you a hint. No, no, no. Oh. Goldeneye. There we go. Think you can break me. Oh, damn it. So she bites his lip. No, it's what, what? no she she like uh she she scissors him with the uh with her legs. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. So it it sounds like Pierce Brosnan gurneying, so. Yeah, gurneying. Gurneying? Gurneying. Gurning? Gurning? I don't know. You said it was gurneying. I did? No. I, I learned did the not. word from you. <laughs> no. Listen, Colin Trevorrow, not Colin Trevorrow. Trevorrow right. Don't learn anything from me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here is question number 3. Ugh. The the Tyrannosaur doesn't follow any park <laughs> patterns or park schedules is the essence of chaos. Correct. Here we go. Jeff Goldblum. Ugh. See, the Tyrannosaur uh, uh, doesn't obey any set patterns or, or, or park schedules. It's the essence uh, of chaos. Okay. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. 
Okay, here we go. So this is question number four. Is that Tim Curry? No. no. Again. It's, it's, it's difficult because it's like, it's slight, but uh, but you should be able to get it. Is it someone being strangled? No. no. If, I, if I do it for you in real life, you'll get it. Is it, wait, is it Slimer? No. Then where is it? Where is it? Look, do you want to know? Yeah. Okay, so I will play you the answer. Hey, this is my truck! Yeah. Oh, damn! Make sure you tell him that down at the impound. Oh, damn! Oh, and you did the, the jowls thing as well. Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> I did the jowls thing. You went... Because he's got the folds. Damn okay, it. okay. This one is a difficult one, so it's a longer sound. Okay. Close your eyes and picture it. Okay. It's very, very difficult. What the fuck? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you with this one because this is like this, really. There's no way I'm doing this. <clears throat> I'm gonna do a, uh, a hand gesture. I am doing shit this week. Go I'm on. gonna do a hand gesture. Okay. Minority Report. There you go. Okay. Okay. For those wondering, Jonathan did the Tom Cruise circular motion yeah. with his hands. Or his... No, because the the sound of the uh, of the wah 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 wah. That yeah, he's that's doing what I his... was listening it's, to. Yeah. I wasn't listening to the ah, beeping. Okay, I was okay. trying to figure out what the background noises okay. were, and it was so familiar. Damn! I I I knew. Ah, oh, damn! I was like picturing like this blue thing. Damn! There we go. It's a park. Oh, damn. <laughs> well, that is a hard one, but it is one that I should have gotten. A hard okay. one. This one will get you back on top because this is fairly easy. Unemployed! <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a Muppet's Christmas Carol. Unemployed! Any bookkeeping staff would like to have an extra shovel full of coal for the fire? We can't do the bookkeeping. Yeah, all of our pens have turned to inksicles. Our assets are frozen. How would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly... Unemployed! Unemployed! I believe you've convinced them once again, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> Mr. Scrooge. Mr. Scrooge. Okay. Next one. Question number seven. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I know this. I, I know this so well. Like, hang on a minute. I ju I'm just blanking. I'm seeing it. I'm just blanking on what do. it's from. I'm blanking on what it's from. I'm seeing it in my head. It, no, I'm seeing the scene. I'm <laughs> right. seeing who's saying it. I've, this is so obvious. This is my. This is this is the one that I should be getting. This is. We do this all the time. No, it's not going to help. I know okay. what it is. <laughs> Why am I blanking on this? This is ridiculous. <laughs> this game sucks. <laughs> Play the whole clip for me. He didn't do anything. You're such a little lap dog. He's got killer printed all over his forehead. Okay. Really? Oh, scream. Why the cops let him go, smart guy? Because obviously they don't watch enough movies. It's is I was picturing I was picturing Matthew Lillard and I couldn't remember his name. I was just seeing I was seeing I was seeing him go okay, and I couldn't remember the name of the film. I couldn't remember the name of the actor or the situation. I was just like, this is so obvious. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Okay. I think I think you'll get the next three. Don't say that anymore because we don't know. I should have gotten that one. All right, here we go. Ah, Robin of Loxley. Ah, <laughs> from uh, the Robin Hood where they apparently shot real arrows at people. Yes, indeed. 
Who is this? This? Sir Robin of Loxley, your highness. Ah! Let him approach. Robin? I like you. Ah! Ah! Okay. Quiet, you poppin' Jay. That's not from that film, but <laughs> Basil Rathbone. <laughs> Basil Rathbone. Yeah, yeah, he yelled. There's the be on all this, fun all this hand. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> I wasn't... Were you scared? Not for an instant. <laughs> I hope I didn't scare you. Not for an instant. <laughs> <laughs> that's the goat. <laughs> Question number 10. Groundhog Day? Oh, yes! Very good. Well Where done. he puts on the shower? Yep. Oh, my God! <laughs> I I deliberately used the second one and not the first one because that's what he says. Oh my god! Yeah, that, that's all I got. That's I have ten to, questions. Uh, I have to say I'm really disappointed with the scream one, uh, but I think that the Groundhog Day one redeemed it. I feel. I feel. You feel. I feel. You feel. You feel. So that was stop. Hey, what's that sound? So uh, there's no context for Morbius because it's a fairly new film. But I will say this. I used to put Morbius in movie news <laughs> every week because every week there was movie news that it was getting delayed again. And the, and, and then after it was released that people oh, the were memes memeing. and the, the re-release and the my God. Can I, can I just ask something about this episode, right? Yeah. We're going to watch the film. Yes. And what happens happens. Can we stop fucking talking about it after this episode? Can we just let it go? Can it we really agree depends. that today is the last time? It depends if this uh, if this viewing if this movie is going to hit uh, no time to die levels of low. I don't, I don't think we care about it enough for it to reach that level because it wasn't I mean, that I mean, no time to die. You know, sinned. In any way other than ruining something that you deeply care about passionately. Well, no, it's also quite bad. Well, fine. But <laughs> I'm saying that you're... You, you know, the, the the worst that this film can do today is just um, assault your movie-making I mean, sensibilities. It's gotten, it's gotten some legendary status, though, after after all that, you know. But, so. but it could just be that that's all hype and no, yeah. you know, no... All fart and no poo. All fart and no poo. <laughs> We're not far to follow through. Sometimes, Sometimes there's, there's blood. blood. Shall we? Yeah, we shall. Roll it. I don't want to talk about this. How are you? I'd are really you like to thank Marvel and Sony for once again making me sit through complete and utter nonsensical bollocks. <laughs> Shall we uh, talk about this then? It wasn't that bad. Well, so this is this is what I wrote at the end here. I wrote, it's not a terrible film. If you watch this and Cutthroat Island in a double bill, <laughs> this will come out on top. But it's not great. It's kind of dull. So I've got a note here at the bottom to ask you. Yeah. Would you say that this is better or worse than Van Helsing? I would prefer to watch Van Helsing. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah I would. It, 
so uh, I also wrote it's not a terrible film. But it's not it's, a good no, no, film. No, no, wait for the end of the sentence. It's not a terrible film, but it's pretty fucking close. <laughs> right. It's not. Look, here's that, the thing. That's how, a much, lot of... that's how much they managed to, uh, to, to hit the heights of mediocrity here, yeah. is that they couldn't even make a really, really bad film. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just, just laziness. Dull. Yeah. Like, there's... I'm not there's, sure about laziness. I think it know. is. I think it's lazy writing. It's lazy plotting. Um, there the, is There's that. no laziness in the in the visual effects. Like, I think that there's a lot of really cool stuff going on there. Uh, it's obviously an overdone CG fest, and we can talk about that, you know, at the end. And, and there's some weird janky stuff with, with faces. But, yeah. you know, when it comes to um, the look and design of, of Morbius and, you know, making him look like his comic book counterpart, they've done a, a good job of translating that to the screen, I think. Okay. Um but you know we can get into all that later. Do you do you want to go through notes because we haven't done this in a little while? Yeah, we go I, I want to go through notes. Let's go through notes. The first thing I've written here is the 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 first the very first scene that uh, that we that we see when uh, when after the title comes up. It says Morbius. By the way, that's the yeah. name of the film. Yeah. Um, and the the first thing you see is they're going through like a waterfall in a jungle. Who's and, they? They, it's it's Michael Morbius, played by Jared Leto. Leto, yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Leto. Leto. Um, and he's got a bunch of people with him. I'm assuming they're like mercenaries? I don't know. Like the, they're, that's, like, they're mercenaries. Mercenaries, I don't know. That's... It seems that they'd be, they've been paid for by his friend, who right. has lots of money somehow. That scene is not is not really sort of preempted by anything. It's not really followed by anything. It's, it's not kind followed of up, yeah. disconnected from uh, from everything. And here, I guess of... it's, it's there to answer the question, where did he get a fuckload of vampire bats from? Right. 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 Um, and and so the uh, the dialogue here. One of the uh, one of the guys who's with him says, "We shouldn't be here when it gets dark." So uh, this is ominous, hmm. which creates ominousness. Opening dialogue and exposition is a bit very hokey. I've written. And then yes, and then the next thing it says here is, um, and I'm I'm giving you just a like a, just a little bit of like trivia here because this is uh, this is important in order to understand what's going on. He says, "I'm a doctor." This shows that Michael Morbius is a doctor. <laughs> so you see, the dialogue is 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 very. Do you see what I mean by lazy? Like it's just, <laughs> it's very lazy. Yes. It's, and it's also like the actors are. I think aware of how lazy it is and they aren't they aren't doing anything to make it not sound lazy. Like they're delivering it lazily. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he's like he's going I'm a doctor. <laughs> like very uh yeah. Jared. Jared. Jared, wakey wakey. We 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 should be shooting here. Uh yeah. Excuse me, Mr. Leteau. L E T E A U X. Um, <laughs> with a dash above it. <laughs> with a, with a, yeah, with an accent. I got a little bit of a Daredevil vibe. You know, the flashback Why after the shit. Well, the, yeah, <laughs> there is that. No, but there, there's like a flashback to to when there were kids, like right after the flash forward, which is yeah. kind of what happened. That's kind of the structure of Daredevil. Um, but then, like, I realized, you know, right after that, that they they weren't gonna they weren't going to sort of call back to that whole jungle thing again. Like, yeah. where did he get the money for this expedition? Like, who are all for, these... From Milo, it turns out. All right. his, because, you know, he's he says that he's been, you know, 
Uh, is it that the movie's so lazy that you were too lazy to follow well, maybe, like what was going possibly, on? Maybe I was bored it, and I just everything, asleep. including the boat that he does his experiment on that turns him into a vampire, right? All of that yeah. stuff is funded by Milo. What right. isn't explained is how Milo has enough money for all of that, but can't afford anyone to sort of cure him of his incurable disease, right? Right. Now, um, where were they going we on the boat? On, they were coming back from the whole jungle thing. No, he had he had hired this boat to do this top secret really thing in the middle attention. of the ocean so that it was isolated or some shit. Or maybe it is on the way back from the... I, I have no idea. It's, it's so convoluted. But anyway, so Jared Harris makes a appearance as um inconsequential mental figure. Right. Uh, whose name <laughs> that, has escaped me for the moment. That's probably what's written in the script. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I'm just wondering, Jared Harris, would you say that he's a good actor? Would you yes. say that he's, yeah. I would say so, that he's an excellent actor. And he's the son of? Uh, the great Richard Harris. Yes, indeed. And your favorite thing to quote from Richard Harris is? Speed of hand. Yeah. Speed so of what, hand. what I wrote here was, I offer something priceless. Jared Harris can't smell the shitty, you're a genius wizard Harry dialogue in the script. <laughs> <laughs> Speed of hand indeed with all of this exposition wank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, can, yes. can we talk about how in that flashback scene, they're introduced, Morbius and Milo, as yeah. children. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, something happens to the machine that is apparently keeping... What one might think is a machine just monitoring his heart rate is actually keeping Milo alive somehow. Like injecting him with some kind of something? Supposedly. And all Morbius really had to do was change the fuse. No, no, no. He pulls out the fuse and he takes out the spring from his ballpoint pen Mm -hmm. and puts it in place. And somehow that is enough to save his life. Right. And um, moments after this whole thing... so, So they meet three minutes later... He's and, an obscure, his life. and an obscure dialogue reference to Spartans, which keeps coming back throughout the film. <laughs> yes. Where he says, we are the many or something, or we are the few and they are the many, whatever. So they mentioned this Spartan thing because they're looking out the window and they can see these school kids who are pointing at them and making fun of them for being sick kids in a hospital, whatever. And then three minutes later, he's called into Jared Harris's office who says, you know, you're a genius, Harry, right? Or you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> you're a genius. No, but like he doesn't have any. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that this is a reference to X Men, right? Because he says, "You're gifted." There is a school for gifted youngsters. I, um, I, I don't think he meant powers. I think it's that you're very. Cl- he says to him. The machine was broken, and all you did was you opened up your ballpoint pen and you put a spring in there. You're a genius, you know. That, and he's that's like, probably better than the actual script. Well, whatever, yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. And and so then Morbius goes, "What about Milo?" Now, when I was a kid, if I just met a kid, I wouldn't feel any kind of responsibility for him <laughs> or whatever, you know, just like leave yes. him to die in the sun. How is it that suddenly so Jared is like, don't? Don't worry about it. I'll look after him. Don't you worry. Now you can go to this school. As if he was saying, what about Milo? I can't go to the school if if Milo's going to be here by himself. Since when are they so attached? Yes, I'm literally nitpicking it to this level. Like, it's not... It doesn't matter, right? But it's it's somehow just... All these things at the beginning were rubbing me the wrong way. Okay. Um, At least you're getting rubbed. Yeah. And and I don't know. It's... This is 25 years before current events in the movie, right? I suppose, yeah. 
How come Jared Harris hasn't aged in any way, shape or form in 25 doesn't, doesn't years? Doesn't it go grey? No, not even that. <laughs> not even that. He looks exactly the same. Okay. Um, uh, what, what have you got? What's next? What's next? You want to talk about dreams? Let's talk about dreams. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> Very good. Um, <laughs> gross point blank. So so, yeah, then, so then we're on the boat okay, and so we're, we're introduced to Martin. Martin! Um, so yeah, so I, I think that first of all, she's just there to be, you know, the girlfriend mm-hmm. and, um, and to and, be in a tank top at some point in the movie. Yeah. And to sort of, to, to sort of like anchor him. I, I which, which by the way, can we just, we don't have a problem with that. What with tank tops? We don't, well with tank tops and with, with women being in tank tops. Right. Um, no, but she, she, she's like sort of supposed to be there as a, as a calming influence. I expected her at one point when he sort of like, you know, Morbius is out um, I, I expected her to say, Hey, big guy. Sun's getting real low. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, I properly, like, she was, she was a, like a stock character. It's probably written in the script, like, you know, insert female lead here. You know, like nothing, nothing particularly, uh, you know, she's, she's there to sort of be the moral compass or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, so. By the uh, way, that whole, hey, big guy, sun's getting real low. Yeah. Well, it's just that. The problem that I have with the Sony sort of Marvel movies, Venom, this, is that they're not, they're not sort of putting the fun into what is a comic book movie. Like, I know that they're not, they're not really following the same formula right? as, as the Marvel movies, but, you know, Jared Leto in, in, in different interviews is saying, oh, I would love to see Tom Holland's Spider-Man go up against right. my Morbius, and I'd love to have Morbius meet up with Venom. And he has all these plans for, you know, and, and Tyrese Gibson, has, who plays an FBI agent, he's signed a three-picture deal, right? For Morbius? For Morbiuses. Okay. And it's like, if you're setting something up, right, please, please just try and create a world Right and and this whole stupid thing that Joss Whedon came up with in in Avengers: Age of Ultron with "Hey, big guy, sun's, sun's getting, getting real low. low." Right? They were able to make fun of that in Thor um, Ragnarok. Ragnarok, um, along you know, with everything else. Yes, yeah. but but there's there's this fun element to them, you know, like yeah. where, where you know he, he puts out his hand, then Hulk sort of punches him, yeah. and it's just not in the trailer for Morbius. There's a thing where he goes, "I am Venom." And the guys look at him and then he goes, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not Venom. I'm Michael Morbius. Nice to meet you. Yeah. And like that was cut from the movie and he goes, I am Venom. And it's just strange to me that the, 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 the movie is not making any steps towards being fun is my point. Yeah. It's just not working for me. Um, and the, the, uh, so we're on the boat and, uh, he discovers that he's got these powers, uh, by basically hulking out and killing everybody except for his, uh, his girlfriend. So she gets knocked out. Yeah. What was your uh, comment about my that? My comment on that was that in a, in a scene after that, when she's in the hospital after the boat has sort of, you know, docked and they found her and all the dead bodies. Yeah. Um, is that she's sort of got like, you know, she's attached to machines and she's got a tube down her throat and it looks like she's in a coma, like she's on a respirator, right? Yeah. And it's like, didn't she just hit her fucking head? Wouldn't she wake up in movie logic? Wouldn't she just wake up and be like, mm, what happened? And it's like, you've got a mild <laughs> concussion. Like, I'm just trying to write it lazily. Like, the, but here they are. It's like, she's dead. Right and 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 like and then a scene I, I later you, she looks fucking fine. I think you're on brand there. Yeah, I mean if you wanted to write in the style of this script, mm, 
where am I? You're safe. Right? <laughs> You're in my house. <laughs> and, and there's like another scene right after that where Morbius meets with um, Milo, yeah. who is played by Matt Smith. Yeah. And his performance is a bit... All over the a place. A bit all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't say that he didn't commit to it. He definitely he's committed very, to it, very, and he's really hammy. He's, like, chewing up the scene. He's scenery. really hammy, but in the way that feels less fun. Um, and I can't understand how... <laughs> I just like how he goes, The blood in the freezer! <laughs> in a freezer? Yeah. <laughs> You're right, I'm here to help you. I can't understand how adult versions of the younger flashback characters, right... Um, reference an obscure comment made 25 years ago on yeah. their first meeting, right? Yeah. And the other character doesn't go, what, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, oh, but don't you remember that thing that we said? Where, no, that was 25 years ago. Like, I, I, I don't remember conversations that I had 25 minutes ago and I don't understand yeah. how, how he says like, and this is just a conceit no, about movies. This is not memory. necessarily... You've got a memory though on you. No, I do, but I remember, I, I'm like, I'm so Jewish in the fact that I don't forget things that I need to avenge. Right. Right. right Slights right. Um, perpetrated against me, such as clown masks and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm very sort of, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, Shosh will say to me, you know, please go and go to the supermarket and get milk and eggs and bread and some cucumbers and, and, uh, and you know, red bell peppers. And I'll go there and I'll pick up milk. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll come home and, and she'll be like, where's the rest of the stuff? And I'm like, you didn't write it down in a list. And she's like, but you can remember things that I said to you like 10 years ago. And you can't, and I'm like, yep. yeah, I, I, ch- I yeah. but, 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 but you, I don't, you don't remember the first thing that my best the, friend said to me. But the things you don't remember the podcasts, like when we record, sometimes I say to you, you know, that bit where you said something about, about, I don't know, like cancer or the Holocaust or something like that. And, and you go, I don't remember. We recorded it this morning. Like, I'm, I'm trying to ask you if we should cut that out. So and you're I, going, I, I can't explain I to you how my brain works, right? It's very strange. I will remember movies. I will remember entire conference. I will remember movies. I'll remember how to quote, you know, obscure sounds from movies that you, you know, asked me to pick out of a, <laughs> of a lineup, right? Yeah. And I can do that mostly. But, but you know, it, it, it's just like, it's also lessons that I teach. You know, I don't yeah. remember immediately afterwards, you know, how it went. Sometimes if I've recorded it and I watch it back, I go, oh, that actually, I explained that really well or something, you know, um, or very badly. So I don't know how the memory thing works, but I can tell you that 25 years ago, if someone made an obscure reference to Spartans, I probably wouldn't go, <laughs> you know, 25 years later, you know, oh, we are the few of the many with the Spartans. Nudge, right. nudge, say no more. Oh, yeah. No. No. Uh, okay, so moving on from that, so we get to uh, we get to the point where we have the gratuitous torso shot, uh, and for some reason, every time there's some kind of mutation in a movie, in a superhero movie, uh, it means that suddenly you're ripped, mm. um, and uh, you, you you know you got a stripper bod and and tanned for some reason. It's like uh, you know you because they made him look overly sickly and pale. So I don't think that he was tanned. I think that he just didn't look sickly and pale anymore and you no, were like no, oh. he, he was tanned all right <laughs> um yeah and and then uh and then we we cut to he's like uh he's in his lab or whatever and he's kind of figuring out what's happened to him and he's got this chamber of bats i've written this now too, yeah, yeah so this this kind of pissed me off 
Um, I, I should also preface here that, that I was thinking about this during the movie that Daniel Espinosa, the director, um, the only other movie that I've seen of his that I that I am conscious of the fact that he directed it was Life. Mm-hmm. Life is about a bunch an of alien. astronauts yeah. who dis- who go onto a planet, discover an alien entity, and the alien entity then proceeds to destroy them on the space shuttle. In the most horrific ways. Yeah. Eating so, Ryan Reynolds' insides out. Spoilers, but it happens like at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> right. So, so keep this in mind w- with what I'm about to say, is that first of all, you've got Michael Morbius standing in front of a mirror checking out his uh, his stripper bod and his new tan, yeah. uh, which reminded me quite a lot of Tobey Maguire in the first yep, Spider-Man big movie. big change. Big change. Um, and then you've got Michael Morbius... Supposedly saying that his penis has gotten bigger thank as you well for that. as his muscles. <laughs> yeah. Becoming a superhero apparently makes you well hung. So Morbius then walks into his chamber of bats... Uh, while we hear his voiceover in the background, and we hear something that sounds suspiciously like, and then it goes, and then he stands up in the middle of the swarm of bats with them surrounding him, and he's looking upwards with this blue light shining down on him. Same instruments, same arrangement, same notes, same situation, you can't tell me that that was by accident. So you just can can't. I can I just how read have they to you not been sued by DC and Warner these Brothers? Two, these two things that I've written right underneath this thing about the um, the twenty five years ago and the characters not going, huh? I've written Batman music and he's standing in a swarm of bats looking up. Can anyone spell lawsuit? And then a couple of notes and then another one saying. Seriously, stop aping Hans Zimmer's Batman theme. All movies, stop it now. This was just barefaced plagiarism right yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm talking about every single fucking aspect of it. Not just the music, but the but the, the visuals, the, the visuals and, and the voiceover and the dialogue yeah. and the everything and the sound design, like everything's just like And he also says something about, you know, I've become more. And I think I said while I was typing it up, more. I went yeah. a thimble. A thimble. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I also noted that, and this is something that I'm going to come back to in the um, in trivia corner because uh, there's a there's something about <laughs> uh, Jared Leto and the uh, and the the walking sticks. Yeah. But I thought to myself, this is this movie. The- this movie isn't exactly like Coda, uh, or you know, or Awakenings or something like that. It's not a serious movie that's depicting something in a way to sort of uh, you know tug at the heartstrings or create awareness or whatever. And and I so I wrote here. Isn't it problematic today to depict disability in such a frivolous way? Um, that that was my thought. There, you know, the the whole idea of it is that if you become a vampire, you can throw your walking sticks away. And I'm just wondering, somebody with an actual mobility disability, uh, watching this, how would they would they feel like there's a uh, there's a wish fulfillment element to it? Or would they feel kind of slighted? Would they feel like they're not exactly being made fun of, but would they feel that I it's don't like know, kind Johnny, of I don't, I don't really buy the premise of what you're suggesting. Cause, Why? I mean, well, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but are you also saying that when Doctor Strange has a car accident and completely shatters the bones in his hands that it's being made frivolous by the fact that, oh, yeah, but you could also become a magician and you could do magic. Yeah, but that's... A, because that's, you can't turn into handled, a vampire. No, but that's handled in a very different way. Like you I'll know, give you it's handled in a very lazy way. They haven't said what illness this is. They haven't yeah, said what, the, what exactly it is 
that he's uh, or, or 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 what his life expectancy is and you know I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you what it is it's tone it's context if you look at like say schindler's list okay and you see you see like nazi guards like gunning down uh gunning down jews in a concentration camp that to me is uh is is done for the documentary realism and it's supposed to ram a point home it's a serious yeah. it's a serious depiction of that if of, you, of real events as well of real yeah. events okay. if you look at goldeneye and you see general oromov shooting one of his men right at the beginning of the movie that to me is pulpy yeah. Okay. So the difference here is like a kind of it, it didn't sit well with me because it's a kind of uncomfortable melding of those two. Mm. Um where it looked to me like these people have a real disability from birth and it's and it's like placed within this comic book movie that is like kind of throwing that away. You know, it doesn't really make a comment on it and it doesn't it doesn't show it in a pulpy way. You know that uh, that kind of uh, that kind of sort of softens the edge of it. Mm. Um, so you're saying that the that the transformation and casting off of quote unquote shackles is very yeah. sort of jarring and done in a very frivolous way. Yeah, it's done. It's done for pulp. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the but, but the, the, but the way they it, present it at the beginning of the movie is that they're yeah. very sick. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I understand that. This Are you saying that thing... they got uncomfortably close to authenticity yes. with how they? depicted the uh the illness it's, it's and then yes. and then just like very jarringly threw it out the window i don't know it just it felt kind of uncomfortable to me because the movie itself is is basically let's let's say it it's just a silly comic book it's, movie it's ridiculous um, yeah. you know and, and and i kind of felt the same way at the beginning of guardians of the galaxy uh that it's like a it's a very yeah, jarring okay. okay it's a very jarring transition between cancer his patient, mother dying. having cancer and it's a very very heavy scene yeah and then suddenly he's bow, dancing bow, bow, yeah bow, bow, bow. so yeah i, I just I, I just wanted See, now, to put that, that out if there. you would have brought that up when I said the Doctor Strange thing, I would have gotten what you meant. Okay. That, that is extremely jarring. No, but I, I needed to kind of like sort of oh, no, evolve I, I'm what not I was saying, saying. I'm not saying, you know, oh, why didn't you get there quicker? <laughs> I was more just along the line, actually, that, that makes <laughs> like, sense to me. So. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> mo- moving on from the, from, yeah. from the scene where he sort of discovers his powers, yeah. um, there's a scene where he's been cornered by the two detectives, in quotes, who are, um, you know sort of on the case of the murdered mercenaries on the on the boat if anyone's following um and there's a thing where an alarm goes off they have to shut down the building and um morbius looks up and he sees that he's in the middle of a massive like staircase that leads up to the roof and he starts vampire flying jumping up the walls with crazy slow-mo moments to show his you know awesome yeah, vampire I, face. I think There's the, a lot. Of I think I wrote this down here somewhere. You must have done because I did too. What is this? 1999. What's with the fucking bullet time? Yeah. So tick. I got, <laughs> I got very annoyed when this happened because, and and you said to me, write it you, down. I saw you shaking your head. Yes. It, it wasn't the slow mo. I was shaking my head at the slow mo. I exclaimed out loud about the detective because. Um, the detective has to go up all of these stairs and when you know you're looking up in that shot where where you know Morbius is looking up and he's like oh I, you know I can make that jump 
it's a really very, 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 very tall building, right? Yeah. And he makes it onto the roof and he puts right. down his bag and then something weird happens with the wind, which later we find out is him feeling the air and being able to surf on it to fly, right? right. But it's like the first introduction of this. <clears throat> Every single one of these moments where there's a shot where he's discovering a power or he's like listening for things, it's overly wrung out and stretched and, you know, edited. It's it's like slow, like it's not happening pacey enough. It's not fast. Right. And then suddenly, right, not slowly enough. This is where I'm being fickle here. How the fuck did the detective get up to the roof that quickly? It's about 20 seconds later, and I got really annoyed. I was like, what? How did he make it up there? How on earth? Right. So, yeah, I'm having problems with things that I think you're not having problem with. No, no, uh, Problems I, I with, problem and you're with having it. problems I with a, things I'm not having problems with. I had a problem with. with it. There's an issue in movies in terms of, like, the passing of time, and you don't notice it all the time. Definitely in uh, Men in Black 2 with... Jara. Yeah, Jara. Good to see good you. Good to see you. <laughs> Three scenes later. <laughs> Three scenes later. Jara. Jara good, good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it happens, but this is, like, just ridiculous. I mean, that is... Dude, seriously. Speaking of ridiculous, can we move on to this line here that, that Jared Leto says? Mm-hmm. I'm starting to get hungry. You wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and then you just went, mm-mm, no, 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 no. <laughs> The scene directly before what you're talking about with the, you wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. So he's sitting in his jail cell in an orange jumpsuit. He's just been arrested. Yeah. Just. And he's sitting there writing right, yeah. in his notebook. Now, my question is... You got pissy about this. <laughs> I got pissy about it. Like, don't they take your belongings from... First of all, why would he have his notebook where he leaves his bag on the roof? Yeah. Why would he have a pen and his notebook In with his him on his And why person? would they let him keep it? And why would they let him keep it? It's like, like please... Give us all your belongings, but uh, but but keep these two things because we you need that for exposition. Here's like, something that's really interesting though, because I was going to argue, oh maybe they gave him a, a pen and a notepad or whatever, no, no, but it's, it's quite his clearly notebook. his journal yeah. because it looks old and used, and there's lo- and he's like writing from the middle, and you know it's like, did he go there and he was like, I'm going to need this for story. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of old and used, um yeah, feels like a film that owes too many debts to other films that goes back to the uh the whole criticism of life again and yeah. the fact that uh that my god, every single beat is lifted wholesale directly from every other movie you've ever seen. Uh The Daily Bugle makes an appearance. Yeah. Matt Do what Smith, you will with that. Matt Smith's sexy dancing in quotes is just cringe. <laughs> yes. What a strange, surreal moment in a strange and surreal movie. Yeah. Of uh, just like he what's the song? A few times. What's the song? Yeah, because that's fine. There's a moment where he kills a bunch of cops and then he dances over their corpses. I guess that's a character moment. Um, you know, he's sort of releasing himself from from the chains of being you know, invalid and whatever. But right. but but then this moment where he's getting dressed and he's sort of shirtless and he's doing his weird Doctor Who wobbly limbs dance. <laughs> um, and 
and you know the the music in the background is like oh sex sexy or whatever it is it's like something weird <laughs> sexy body sexy body dancing <laughs> sexy in the bathroom like you know it's very sort of like that's basically what it is and um and it was just very sort of <laughs> and he's like he's sort of like doing the finger guns at himself yeah. in the mirror yeah and i was watching this and he's also wearing trainers yeah this whole time i'm like what is this amalgamation of oddness trainers with a suit what trainers does that remind you of um, yeah um i wanted to uh, uh talk about a um uh something that recurs in this movie yeah. which is cliche dialogue yeah he's out there i have to stop him but i need your help what have you done? <laughs> what have you done? Oh, yes, yeah, like that, that's a uh, Jared Harris is looking at the news and he goes, What have you gotten yourself into? What have you done? Look at yourself, you know. What and, have then, you, and I'm, I'm disgusted by what you've become. Yeah, <laughs> there's another one. And the other one is he's sitting with uh, with with what's her face, Maxine Nadine Martin. Martin, that's Martin. the one. Yeah, the only and, reason I remember it is because of Martin. Yeah, Orale. I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, the lighting here. Um, he's sitting in the cafe. He's completely in darkness, and she is uh, almost overexposed in yeah. the light from the window. And I'm thinking to myself, "Can you hammer it home any harder?" <laughs> yes, we get it. He's a vampire. Morbius dresses like Arrow. Yep. Yep. Uh, what's with the horrible green lighting when he goes down into the uh, counterfeiting uh, lab? Yeah. Yeah. Horrible green lighting, and then he says, "Is this the part where?" I beat the shit out of all... Is this the part where... Is cliche, this the part where the guy in the hoodie beats up all of the drug yeah, dealers yeah, yeah. or something? Um, yeah. And then... He, no, he actually... He also goes, is this the part in the movie where... Oh, the, really? Yeah, where, oh, the, dr- where the guy that, in the hoodie... That's great. That's great. You're not Deadpool. You never will be. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I went to the toilet and I uh, I came back and I looked at the time on the, uh, on the on the movie and it said that it had half an hour left and I felt like everything that's happened up until now is just enough material for a first act yeah for a, maybe like stretch it to like 30 40 minutes okay yeah. Morbius gets you know turned into a vampire okay you've got you've got that you've got the 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 sort of the flashback to the origins okay his He's, friend gets infected too and right. is starting to go evil right and you know that whole that whole thing like the the whole origin story the friend gets goes evil blah 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 by this point my Milo has just become a vampire mm. and he's just killed a whole bunch of people and he's and he said i'm like you blah 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 blah, blah. um and he and and whatever and and i just think that the half an hour left it's like he doesn't give it anywhere to go so my question is yeah not that i wanted it to be longer my question is what's the plot just that like he becomes a vampire his friend becomes a vampire they fight end of movie that literally is it he flies off end of movie no consequences no nothing yeah. oh and his girlfriend dies but doesn't really and comes no, back his girlfriend dies and like he bites his lip and by the way she wasn't she wasn't his girlfriend the entire way through the movie and then until that moment when you said oh there's there's half an hour left and it's like they suddenly kiss and it's like useless love story not uh, not earned even a little yeah crowbarred in there um, um and he says to her he says to her in that scene i wasn't gonna go full dracula um, and then, so a little it, bit of trivia here. Yeah. Dracula is also a vampire, which is a reference to the fact that Morbius and Milo are vampires. <laughs> He's written. So I've no. Is he? A, is he? A, is he? A, are you a are transient? You a transient? 
How the fuck did he make the antidote so quickly? Think about this. He spent yeah. his entire career pursuing the cure, and and I don't know how long it came it took him to come up with vampire bats, right? right. And then to procure them and to make this serum and all of that. I'm going to say it was a couple of years. Okay. Okay. Let's let's get, let's try and establish some kind of sensical time frame. Right. Okay. Just for the sake of it, how the fuck does he decide that he has to make an antidote, and one scene later there's an antidote there, and he's like, "Right, the antidote needs to work now." I didn't think of that. Hmm. An antidote that would probably be useful, but then um. You know, then because like, I'm sure he has to like distill the antidote. He has to inject some other creatures with his blood to make sure that they turn into a vampire like right. him and to ch- test it out. Like, how does he know it's an antidote? He's got no proof. He's not. Ne- there's not. Nothing makes sense. So then, so then you've got uh, you've got Milo going to visit Jared Harris. Yeah. Who in his usual you, no yeah. Jared Harris going to visit Milo. Jared Harris going to visit Milo. Yeah. Okay. So in he's he's in his usual like you know mentor like useless mentor You'd role. Completely given up at this point, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and Jared Harris says something uh, said some says something cliche like what, have what you you've done become to yourself. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then, like he slashes at him, whatever. And then there's that whole scene on the rooftop, and they're talking about Dracula and all that stuff. And you know, she, awkward make out, awkward make out. And like, you know, for some reason, Matt Smith is creepily staring up at them from the ground below. There's a scene before where Matt Smith asks her if he's, if she's seen Michael Morbius. Oh right, right, right. And then she says no, and then he leaves, and obviously he followed her, and he's watching right. them make but, out, but the, and he's like, "Oh, you lied to me." That's what I read from the scene. Okay, but the thing is that um, what what is it about that, by the way, that uh, that you said it while we were watching it that suddenly, um, suddenly she knows who he is when she's ha- she hasn't met him before, or she only met him once. No, it, like it he wasn't says, that. It he wasn't says, that. It was Martin the- from behind her, and then she's like, "Milo." So <laughs> they're talking the, to each other like they've known each other for years. My problem at the beginning of the movie, I switched places, was that at the beginning of the movie, um, Morbius says something to her along the lines of, you know, I've been trying to come up with this antidote from my best friend Milo as well, you know, like, you know, to save my best friend's life. Yeah. And she doesn't at any point go, I've been working with you for years and years on this project. I know what we're doing this for. I know who your best friend is. I'm actually part you of your You know when life. somebody starts telling you a story and, and you're, you're like, like, I was there. Are you serious? I've been there. I was, I was there. there. <laughs> right? And after you say that, they then go, yeah, yeah, but no, but wait. And then they continue <laughs> telling the story. <laughs> so, hmm. So, you know, and, and then later on in the movie, uh, so, so I was like prepared to believe that. I'm going with the idea that she doesn't know who Milo is. And then suddenly he shows up behind her and goes, Martin. And then she turns around and goes, Milo. And I'm like, oh, so you do fucking know who he is. So why didn't you call him out at the beginning of the movie? Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. Um, and by, by this point, um, you know, we, we've had that whole scene on the, on the roof or whatever. And then Morbius, uh, Morbius gets a phone call from Jared Harris. Yeah. And then he goes to see Jared Harris. And I thought to myself, it's taking a very long time for Jared Harris to bleed out. Is yeah. he trying to outbean Sean Bean? Yeah. Um, and then he dies. He dies conveniently Spoiler. the moment, the that, moment that Morbius he gets arrives. There. Yes. Um, and then I wanted to know why uh, Jared uh, Leto, Jared Leto, aka Morbius, is suddenly dressed in this emo purple vampire suit. 
Well, it's got it's it's a vampire. It's like a sort of a trench it's coat, a trench with, coat purple with purple trimming. lining. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we got the usual CG battle. Yada yada yada. Um, Milo kills Martine. Yeah. And, then and she then, says she says something like use me use my blood right and, yes. and i've written did she really just tell him to drink her blood yes what the fuck yes and then he bites his lip and a drop of blood like drops Goes in her into mouth her mouth so that's obvious what's and gonna then, happen there and then there's like this cg battle and then he flies off she opens her eyes which are now red and the movie ends and the movie ends yeah um, yeah, it, the, I, I felt that the stakes were really quite low. He doesn't have any agency. He barely does anything in the movie except, uh, you know, come up with a with a serum that creates all these problems and then create an antidote that apparently kills Milo. And I couldn't understand that. He gives him the antidote and then he dies. He gives him the antidote and it's almost, the, you know, he's gone back to his illness, right? He's returned to normal and he died from that. Was he that close to death when he took the antidote? When he he took the serum, was he that close to death? I don't know. I just, I just, I I just felt like he, I don't, I didn't understand where where that came from, that he suddenly just died. He didn't actually kill him. He He gave him the antidote. uh, Yes, but he died of his illness. Morbius doesn't then decide, because that whole, the whole thing about the antidote was so that he wouldn't, you know, kill people. Um, so why didn't he take the antidote himself? Is that kind of a way to show him that the antidote isn't ready and then it accidentally kills people? I don't think the antidote killed him. I think the illness killed him. Okay. But that it just happened very, very quickly. So why suddenly. doesn't Morbius then take the antidote? Why doesn't he go like, oh, well, well that, that was that was bad, but at least we dodged a bullet there. I'll just take the antidote so yeah, I'll go back to normal. Of, there's none of this whole, you know, I can be a thimble. There's <laughs> the night. I'm a vengeance. I'm yeah. going to be a bad guy, but a good guy. You know, like, whatever. Yeah. Oh, and another thing about he just uh, flies off. another thing about aping uh, aping Chris Nolan's Batman trilogy is that yeah he he calls the bats yeah. for backup and it goes yeah yeah so, so it's not a terrible film. There's some fun, I guess, like uh, fun visuals. Fun? What's that? There's some fun visuals. There in are places. some fun visuals. It it just it, I just thought it was dull. Yeah. I thought the stakes were extremely low. I thought it was lazy writing. Lazy writing. I thought that Jared Leto didn't really do anything very much. Odd except plotting. he didn't really do anything very much. He's very reactive, and uh, and and Milo's the one driving what little story there is. Yeah. Um, and I just With felt dancing. like I just felt like there was nothing for him to really do except be on the defensive and try and save people who he fails miserably at saving. And what is he? Is he a hero, an anti-hero, or what? Like, there's no. It, how does it doesn't really supposedly an if anti-hero? If it's supposed to set up a, uh, a Morbius two, it's Morbin time sequel. Then, like, where is all that setup? I'm like, just no... feeling like there wasn't. There, there wasn't th- enough story was for no, one. There was no um, sort of reluctant rescuing of people. Sort of, you know, if Milo was determined to drink the blood of all the people in the city and kill as many people as possible to make right. himself as powerful as possible. Let's say even that's lazy, but, you know, it's yeah, but at least lazy. it's something. At least there and are some stakes. There. So, you know, Morbius is 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 probably thinking to himself at this point, well, I have a responsibility because I didn't want to kill. I didn't want all these people to die. Um, and, uh, and then he, you know, tries to save as many as he can. And, you know, Milo uses that against him and maybe creates some kind of 
you know, Green Goblin, Mary Jane versus the children kind of situation. Yes, you know, do, there's do any, something. something, ape other movies, yes, but, but ape the good ones and like, do it well. It's like a first act for most of the movie. And then the last half hour is like half of a third act. And that's it. And then it just ends. It makes enough sense. Yes. Uh, I don't know if it was like really chopped up. Maybe there's a four hour director's cut out there that makes it better. But no, I highly I doubt so. it. Anyway, I would like to wheel you over because you, you're in a computer chair. Not because... Okay. Not, not because of disabledness. Yeah, yeah, yeah not because of... Di- I, I just... I keep getting, we respect I keep getting myself it. in Ooh, trouble. Let's just uh, take Jesus a minute to breathe. Oh, yeah, it's getting hot in here. Yeah. Um, trivia Corner. Trivia Corner. Where were you? Where were you? Oh, sorry, Ooh. I didn't realize that you didn't say I'm wheeling you over to Trivia Corner. Well, well, you got I mean, flustered I mean, and then you flustered me. So you right, want to do okay. it again, do it again. <clears throat> trivia, trivia Corner. corner. Jared Leto committed to capturing Michael Morbius's limping state and used crutches even off camera. Yeah, this proved to be troublesome for the crew at times when the actor reportedly took 45-minute treks to the bathroom. Pushing him in a wheelchair was a loophole solution around these delays. And I think that a lot of these actors that, that like to sort of live in their roles and whatever, I, I think that they've sort of maybe taken it to an extreme that uh, that is not necessary in order to sort of achieve especially in a movie like this you know it wasn't I necessary know, to have him to very feel disability to because you know there's another actor who said you know he's not dissing the method but he's dissing the people who abuse the method yeah so that they can do weird shit it's not a movie that requires method acting and and i don't see anything particularly method about him taking 45 minutes to go to the toilet because he's on crutches yeah I also wonder how many of these kinds of stories are true because I remember like when No Time to Die was in production, there were, there were stories about uh, Kerry Fukunaga um, staying in his trailer, playing video games and being late to set and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, ah, that, that can't be true. These people are professionals. They're doing a job. He may, he's making a Bond movie for fuck's sake. And then I heard some of the stuff that, uh, you know, that, that he that he apparently did. Um, you know, the sort of predatory behavior, and I uh, and I saw the movie, and then I thought, okay, that could be true. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but like then, you know, like the, he's sort of like Jared Leto has sort of poo pooed a lot of these uh, reports of like, yeah, I didn't really send a rat to Margot Robbie. I didn't really, you know what I mean. So I don't know how true these things are, but you know, if it is true, that's that's some really it's screwed up. It's screwed up, but it's also really inconsiderate to the professionals that are trying to do a job. Yeah, you know, and they're waiting for you because you're, you know, yeah, yeah just just being selfish, basically. J.K. Simmons originally filmed scenes as J. Jonah Jameson for this movie. Apparently, uh, so there would be another thing that would piss me off. Every reference to Spider-Man, every reference to the Marvel universe, it's just yeah. like. Okay, we get it. We but get you're it. Not, you want to be part of the movie. yeah. It's like... The time that elapsed between the original uh, shoot of Morbius and the production of Spider-Man: No Way Home uh, made, made it evident to the filmmakers that Morbius did not actually exist in the same universe as Simmons' version of J. Jonah Jameson, and as a result, Simmons' scenes were removed from the film. Uh, okay, so yeah, did all of that stuff that happened in 2020, 2021, delays, etc., etc., etc. So yeah, it m- makes sense. Um, and also certain things were, were filmed out of order. Apparently, what we missed, we didn't stay for the credits, but apparently there was an Adrian Toomes uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I read about you know, post-credit scene. Uh, I can always look at that later, but apparently it's completely out of place and, and completely pointless. I don't think pointless. you will. I don't think you have... 
the, the desire. Drive, yeah. Matt Smith apparently deliberately channeled Kiefer Sutherland's performance as David from The Lost Boys. I didn't see that. I didn't get that at all. <laughs> at all. Okay. They're In just, some scenes of the film. They're just Michael. Yeah. They're, you're eating maggots, You're eating Michael. maggots. God damn it, Chloe. Uh, he joked that this was due to both movies having their main characters named Michael. You can't see, but Cy and I are looking at each other with deadpan stares. Matt Smith explained in an interview that he was somewhat confused with his character's history, as he wasn't really aware of how Milo tied into Hunger's greater legacy. Apparently, his character's name is Hunger. I don't re- I've never read the Morbius comics, and I have absolutely Neither no have idea I. that that's that, because they never mention it in the movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, was really un- he wasn't really aware of how Hunger's greater legacy and origins from the comics... Uh, tied in uh, to this movie since it wasn't clarified in the script he was given for the film. It wasn't clarified in the movie either. (laughs) Many reports from when the film was first announced also claimed that uh, Smith's character was named Loxius Crown, which would have been cool because that's quite a cool name. And only very shortly prior to the release of the movie was it announced that his name was actually Milo, although his birth name is Lucian Crown, which is somewhat similar. You know what's really annoying about the fact that his name was Milo is that you kept on going, Milo! I said it once. No, you did it twice. I don't think you realized, but you did it twice. Yes. The second time I was like, oh my God, how many more times is this going to happen? This is funny. I, I remember reading this piece of news when it happened and I laughed my arse off. All right. Once the movie was available on digital, a Twitch channel streamed the entire film on a loop before being taken down. <laughs> and I think we reported that on we did. Movie, movie News. news. Jared Leto claimed that Michael Morbius' personality was close enough to his own. <laughs> he didn't find it necessary to use his famous method approach in his portrayal of the character. Mm. Despite how much fun he had, he still found the role quite challenging due to it being less character-driven than his previous performances. Read No Meat. It was basically sleepwalking throughout the entire movie. Uh, this film was set to be... Here we go. This is, this is where I read this yesterday and I just uh, I, I thought it was interesting to see exactly how many times this thing was delayed. Yeah. The film was set to be released on 31st of July 2020 in the United States. Oh, I could have gone to see it for my birthday. No, I couldn't. It was 2020. Uh, but when the coronavirus pandemic began to affect the film industry, including attendance at movie theaters, the film's release was moved to the 19th of March 2021, 11th of January 2022, and finally 28th of January 2022. Sony Pictures subsequently began moving their release date for 2020 films to 2021, including another film set in Sony Pictures' universe of Marvel characters, Venom Let There Be Carnage, from its 2nd of October 2020 release date to 25th of June 2021, and Spider-Man No Way Home also uh, was dated for release on the 16th of July 2021 to 5th of November 2021, and again to 17th of December 2021. So, basically... Everything that delays, went on with Sony. Delays, 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 delays. Delays. The thing is that, like, Sony, I don't know if they thought they had their finger on the pulse, but this movie gained legendary status just from by virtue of it being delayed because people thought that the fact that it was delayed meant that it was absolute shite. Um, people got, got that got that feeling of, uh, of dread from that. And then, uh, you know, we had the... Uh, we had that whole argument of, you know, maybe maybe they, they thought it should go on streaming and they didn't want to do that. They wanted to yeah. release it theatrically, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then after the initial theatrical run, they re-released it again. And, uh, Wasn't it because of the... Because of all the memes. Yeah. And, and people thought that that's because everybody liked the movie. And I think it made like, like, a, like $20 or read something. Read the room. <laughs> God's sake. Exactly. Anyway... But the thing is that it's like, it's so, 
it's so drearily mediocre. It's not even like so bad it's good or so bad that it's entertainingly bad. I don't think that it would re- even reach levels of poo, blood, and honey, uh, kind of levels of schlock. You know, it doesn't even have just that- to clarify. Um, he didn't mean poo, p o o, blood and honey. He meant p o o h. He's not talking poo. about the sort of you know, combination of those things as a meal. He's talking about a movie that has been announced that is sort of like a dark nightmare version of Winnie the Pooh. Now, I'm sure that I'm not the only one that heard that when you just said that. I'm 100%. Oh, it's 98. I'm going to go 76% sure on... 68. 68% sure that I'm not the only one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But but I'm just saying that it's not... I I don't know if it deserves its legendary status as a bad film. If you watch Batman and Robin, for example, that's, like, epically bad. Yeah. You know? It's so bad that it makes me want to put my finger into my eye, through to my brain, and, and swirl, swirl it around. around. That's another one of our uh, exaggerations of a, of a scene. <laughs> yes. Um, Matt Smith is the fourth actor who played an incarnation of Doctor Who to appear in a comic book adaptation. After Christopher Eccleston played uh, Malekith in Thor The Dark World, David Tennant uh, played the Purple Man in Jessica Jones, and Peter Capaldi played the Thinker in The Suicide Squad. Yeah, uh, right, right. All I th- saw that, by the way. Did you see uh, The Suicide Squad? I did. What do you think? It's not... It was better than the first one. Better than the first one, much, but I, 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 would, I think that James Gunn was trying to sort of twang. James Gunn twang. was twang, twang. You were twang. She was succeeding. For God's um, sake. Yeah, I I think that James <sighs> Gunn was trying to like sort of, you know, for any for any of you Adobe Premiere editors out there, copy and paste attributes uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy to the Suicide Squad, um, but it didn't quite work, and I didn't particularly like any of the characters, and it's had it had the same problem as the first one for me. Uh, it just it just didn't it didn't hit me like uh, like it hit a lot of people. Yeah. Both Jared Leto and Matt Smith have starred in the leading roles in American Psycho adaptations. Leto played Paul Allen in the 2000 film. Yep. Smith played Patrick Bateman in the original production of the musical in 2013. Now, why did I include this? I included this because I wanted to say there's a musical of American Psycho. I didn't know that. What does Matt Smith sing? Does he sing as badly as he dances? Does he sing as Patrick Bateman? I just, I have to see this. <gasps> I even try to cook a little bit. I eat some of this. <laughs> Rainbow. Paul Allen in the face with an axe to the face. Whatever <laughs> he says. Body is running in a bathtub in house kitchen. Um, yeah. So that was Trivia Corner. Trivia. Trivia Corner. That's all I've got. I'm spent. All right. Well, <laughs> you have a little sit down. Let's uh, roll the cavalcade. The cavalcade. Fuck. Come with me and step into the spine-tingling confusion known as size rambling cavalcade of nonsense. <sighs> so Morbius VFX. Um, so some of the information... I've taken information from a few different places. It wasn't hard to piece together. It's relatively new and, and whatnot. Um, but just some some trivia on the VFX in this movie because because there are some bum VFX and and whatnot and there are some things there that Johnny's uh, lovingly um, caressing the Joker figurine that I got him um, instead of listening to me. I wanted to just generally say about the VFX in the movie that I I do I did enjoy their translation of what um, Morbius should look like uh, on film. Okay, in his y- are vampire you familiar form, with the comics. 
Um, I've I've he's shown up in a couple of my um Spider-Man comics. Right. Okay. But I've never read a Morbius comic. But I'm, right, I'm but aware of what he looks like. Style. I okay, know what he right. looks like. Um, and that that sort of trench coat, purple lining thing, is um, you know, it's a good substitute for the very odd um sort of suit that he wears in in the comic book. Which, if you think about the tone of this movie, it just wouldn't have sat very well. Right. It's not played for for laughs. It's not played tongue in cheek in any way. And you know, the weird super suit thing wouldn't work. So I, I have a I pulled up a picture here because I'm I'm not familiar with Morbius from the comics at, yeah. at all. Uh, what it looks like to me is uh, it, it first of all it looks to me. Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, that the character was conceived in the seventies. I don't know when he was conceived. But okay, have in, a, have in a, a, at a time when a he look. was wearing odd stuff. So yeah. basically, he's got this like high collar and a sort of plunging uh, neckline kind of thing that makes him look look like uh, Tony Manero out of uh, out of Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Um, it would be even better if he had a hairy chest. Uh, it looks like he's got a codpiece as well, but that's something else. Um, and uh, yeah, I can I can certainly see. I mean, Either the, the... he has a big penis or he has nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll, I'll just explain to the listeners. That's uh, that's what Alexander or Ilya Salkin said to uh, to whoever was designing the Superman suit. Uh, when uh, Christopher Reeve um, uh, played Superman in '78. Anyway, um, so yeah, the uh, the the look of the face is is very very much what they came up with. Yeah. Uh, and the costume looks a little bit. It kind of it kind of reminds me. It looks a little bit jive. Let's put it that way. Um, it's yeah, but I can see how they how they translated it. It's just it would have been nice if they would have kind of given some kind of explanation. I, I really appreciate this this in general in comic book movies what they did while they're aping the dark knight trilogy yeah that they should give some kind of explanation as to where that snazzy purple lined suit came came yeah. from um but anyway off you go <laughs> sorry no so um the visual effects supervisor for this film is uh, joel behrens uh at uh, digital domain the award-winning visual effects studio um that um you know created the uh, facial capture system masquerade uh, which is the same tech that was used to create uh, Thanos in, in Avengers Infinity War. Right. Um, so the digital domain artists tried to ensure that the CG version of each character was an exact match to the original subject's performance. Now, I won't say that they succeed in every shot, but there is a good level of detail going on there. You know, like stretching pores and hair that moves very nicely with the skin. Like, you know, it's hard because, um, you know, Morbius has a, a beard, um, so his sort of, you know, hairs get pulled and stretched with the skin when he starts roaring and stuff. There's, there's some cool stuff going on there. You can tell that it's like an expensive uh, motion capture technology. Yeah. Um, the VFX house also altered the CG faces as needed to adjust the proportions because there's a lot of, um, you know, cheekbone moving and, and sinking in. Yeah, and, the and, cheekbones and are kind of hollowed out. Yeah. Uh, this included digitally removing and replacing the performer's cheekbones as needed to highlight the more sunken look. Uh, digital domain, domain, ugh. digital domain began by designing the final look for each character's vampiric forms, aiming for photorealistic, monstrous looks without restricting them through the use of prosthetics or through excessively time-consuming makeup work. Although some comics gave the team a rough idea of what Morbius should look like, the character's final appearance still required many tweaks and iterations. I'm sure, 
to ensure that his look fit the filmmaker's vision, from his jagged teeth to the exact pigmentation of his skin. Now, these are things that, you know, you and I can look at it and we can go, oh, we can understand where the inspiration came from. But I can tell you that trying to translate 2D into 3D and making it look more realistic is a very, very difficult challenge. Right. And I think that they rose to the occasion. I think that they did, like, a really good job in, in making this look like something that I recognize and at the same time making it look... Um, you know, like it sits in this world, which I thought right. was really cool. So some nice things to say about the movie. There you go. Um, Digital Domain also created an original design for the character of Milo's vampiric form, uh, who's played by Matt Smith. Wasn't a massive fan of the effects on Milo, to really be honest. It, me, it, no. didn't make a, it didn't make as much of an impression as, um, you know, the, the actual uh, Morbius character. Right. Um, Improvements to Digital Domain's facial capture software allowed the team to record nearly double the geometry resolution, that means sort of number of polygons on the character model, um, uh, that was used to create Thanos, so double. With the final look of each vampire determined, the stars perform their scenes live on set wearing facial capture markers. I know I don't normally go into this much detail about, you know, how the process works, but I think it's important that, you know, when we, when we look at a movie like this, I, I, I did this on purpose, when did it on purpose. I, I just killed someone and I did it on purpose. When we look at a movie like this and we pull it apart and we say all these things about it, it is important to understand that, and we say this as well, we've said this before, even when we're putting something down, we do appreciate how much work went into it. Right. Um, so yeah, um, each performer also recorded a full range of facial expressions and movements in order to create a complete facial geometry um, library for each subject. Um, and in addition to the character design, the digital domain artist developed the look of the bloom, super speed, flying, uh, echolocation, and shedding effects, and contributed to several sequences, including the container ship sequence at the beginning, uh, the subway chase, and Morbius's prison break, uh, and the final battle at the construction site. So basically any scene where anything happened with, you know, CG fighting or, or flying. Right. Uh, and I really like the trails and the effects of the, the dust particles, you know, when like it's, it's very similar to the um, Nightcrawler effects when he teleports. Um, but that's a really cool effect. And I think it's really cool that, that they managed to also get the colors of what he's wearing to, to appear in there. Almost like he's leaving behind a, a ghost trail. Yeah. Um, you know, cause, cause, uh, his orange jumpsuit, right? The whole, the whole way through the film, he's been this black blur. And then as soon as he's wearing the orange jumpsuit, you know, and teleporting or flying or whatever it is that he's doing, the trail left behind is is this trail of very saturated orange particles left behind, which I thought was really cool. Right. Um. So in summation, I'm I'm actually I was actually really impressed. I thought that the effects were going to be very very hokey, and even some of the worst effects in this film, um, you know, s such as Matt Smith's face when he's you know doing a Matt Smith but that happens in some of the best films. I mean, if you yeah, look at... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you look at Avengers uh, Endgame and Infinity War, there's some, like, there's some really fantastic effects work yeah. in there, and then you've got, like, some fully CG characters who uh, just don't look Part very real. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a... That's a an issue of, of time and money and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And the, and the fact that perhaps the technology isn't there, uh, to, uh, to, to really convince, um, you know, when you're talking about like trying to make something 
otherworldly looks somewhat humanoid mm. um it's not quite there yet and even yeah. even james cameron making 25 avatar movies you know still won't be able to to really like i mean unless he's come up with some kind of new technology and we're going to be wowed by it or whatever but as it stands now there are holes in the technology yeah. and they're constantly developing and trying to find ways to uh to to, to make things look better I, I'm aware of where the holes are and what the... Um, I think you are as well. I think a lot of people are. But the thing is, is that I'm constantly trying to look for what works really, really well, right? There's no way that you look at Thanos and you go, that's a person, right? But you look at Thanos and you go, that's a realistic not person, right? Right. Um, and it's from the way that his pores stretch across his skin when he smiles, the way he wrinkles and the the, the fact that he's got, um, you know, bum fluff. He's got like hair all over his face, like tiny tiny hairs that yeah. you don't notice but you do notice because they're there if they weren't there he'd look plastic right the fact that light transmits through his skin and we're seeing the same effects here in this movie not on the same scale and it's not as realistic but i think that the amount of effort that they put into making morbius's character look cool and look you know suitably gnarly and and you know hairs and and pores and follicles and whatever it, it looks cool, you know, and it looks it looks well done. Um, the other thing that I want to say is that the scene in the on, on the boat, I, I'd sort of gotten fatigued by the the final fight and even by the fight in the subway. Right. Um, but at the beginning, when he first sort of vamps out um, and kills all of those mercenaries on the on the tanker, I thought that the way that the camera was following him around and ping ponging around the scene was really cool. I thought that that was great blocking. Um, there was one bullet time moment there, I think, and I went, okay, one and done. No need for any more. This was a cool scene. It's to highlight how, you know, he's a monster and whatnot, but no, they had to do it all the uh, way through the movie. too much faith. I was like going, please just be one and done. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, I said in summation and then I continued talking for like an hour and a half and people <laughs> died in the middle. Um, you know, it's just John, it's just me sitting here and Johnny's sitting, you know, as a skeleton, um, you know, and, and it's, isn't that right, Johnny? As his soda cup crumbles to dust along with the rest of him. And I'm left here to say, play the outro. Come with me and step into the spine-tingling confusion known as size rambling cavalcade of nonsense. So now that we've watched the movie, after, I mean, all of this sort of reverse hype, I, I want to yeah. say, um, and uh, and sort of, I wanted to sort of frame our summary of this uh, of this movie with uh, with a couple of excerpts from reviews that I okay. uh, that I found on uh, Wikipedia. Wiki. Yes. Wiki um, So uh, yeah. So basically, Rotten Tomatoes, okay, has a rating of fifteen percent. With an average rating of three point ten out of eight okay. uh, out of ten, sorry, <laughs> with an average rating of three point eight out of ten. Uh, what so, are you doing? So it says here the website's uh, critics' cons- consensus reads: cursed with uninspired effects, rote performances, and a borderline nonsensical story, this dreary mess is a vain uh. attempt to make Morbius happen. Uh, it ranks as the 17th uh, worst-reviewed superhero movie on the site. Jonathan Crump of Manchester Evening News noted that despite Jonathan mixed reviews... Jonathan Crump? Yeah, Jonathan Crump. Uh, that despite mixed reviews, Name some critics much. praised the acting in the film, including Leto's performance. Um, also, uh, Variety's Elise Schaffer, or Schaefer also said that while the reviews were negative overall, Smith 
Matt Smith did receive some praise for his performance. Reviewing the film for Collider, Emma Kiley felt that the central problem of Morbius is a lazy and uninspiring script, which I kind of took away from it as well, and added that no weight or depth is given to any character, which I also mentioned. Yep. Uh, she also noted that there is little humor in the film, and when it tries to make Yay. a tongue-in-cheek joke, it fails miserably. Um, so, like, I mean, the, there's, a, there's a through line here. Um, I'm sure that there are um, that there are like sort of other reviews here that are slightly more positive, um, but anyway, the point the point I'm trying to make is that uh, you know while it has a 3.8 on Rotten Tomatoes and it has a 15% uh, you know score, it's not the worst film ever made. There are movies that I could rate lower than this, yeah, um, because it's not terrible. It's just overwhelmingly mediocre yeah um, it feels like a waste of time yeah it feels like a waste of time and what you said to me afterwards after we finished watching the movie which was very apt was i'm just tired now you know? yeah because because it it feels like a lot of energy to watch a film that doesn't try at all to hold your attention right. and to try and yourself hold that attention so that you can then talk about it afterwards. Yeah. is like, if you're not going to put any effort into this, then I'm not going to put any effort into this either. <laughs> right. Like, this is the sort of thing that makes me crazy. Like, a movie like Red Notice is also extremely lazy. Not as bad as this, but very lazy. And, yeah. you know, I turned it off because she fell asleep and I was bored. And, like... I'm not going to put any more effort into this. I have other things to do, like not watch The Boys. It's true, but we're also watching like a greatest hits of, uh, of, of lots of other better movies. Uh, it felt kind of cobbled together from that, and it just, it just felt lazy in that respect. It didn't even feel cobbled together from greater movies. It felt cobbled together from bad movies. It's like if Frankenstein were to take the bits that he needed for his monster from all of the societal rejects. That's basically what he did, though. <laughs> but he made sure that they were good specimens, like that they were strong and burly right. and whatnot. I'm talking didn't, like... Didn't, wasn't the, the brain like a psychopath or something? The brain? Or was that just young Frankenstein? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't well, I don't know. I, I didn't come prepared with this analogy. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, Jonathan. No, no. Come on. Come on. Justify yourself. Come on. I shouldn't have to. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> yes, cobbled together from the worst of the worst. <laughs> yes. It's not even like they're trying to ape it good movie, it movies. Well, it's Batman not... Begins is a good movie, wouldn't you say? Batman Begins is a good movie. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying that in general, I can't really pinpoint, aside from Batman Begins, I can't really pinpoint the movies that, the, that it's coming from. It's just a lot of cliched stuff that's like, I've yeah. seen that a million times before. Um, and, and it's just like, I, I was sitting there it's thinking... a lot of that thing from that thing going on. Yeah, I was sitting there thinking, I'd just rather be watching... I thought a lot of the time, I thought I, I'd rather be watching Blade. Yeah, okay. And I also thought I'd rather be watching Batman Begins. Mm. Like, anytime I'm watching a movie and I think, oh, I'd rather be watching this, it means that... It, it it doesn't bode well. It's not good. It does. It is not not a, not a happy experience of viewing there. You know. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. I I, I was uh, I was underwhelmed. You were underwhelmed. I was underwhelmed, but I was also kind of disappointed that it wasn't as bad worse. as you. Yeah. <laughs> because I really wanted to rip it apart, and I felt like, you know, it it didn't. Uh, I it, think we it did. Really, I think we did. We rip did, it but apart. it didn't really deserve the kind of drubbing that the Avengers got or Cutthroat Island. Anyway, thank you for listening to our podcast this week if you're one of the 21 you get a cuddle 
A virtual cuddle. Any of you who want a Don't Touch Me t-shirt so that we know which of you don't want to be touched by Jonathan, yeah. you're going to have to make one yourself because we don't have a Patreon. Uh, we don't have any kind of funding. Oh, if you want to give us money. Yeah, give us money. We'd like money. Yeah, um, we've, got, we've got Bit. Yeah, we've got Pepper Pay. Pepper Pay. We've got, got Paybox. Pay yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got PayPal. PayPal. Anything with pay in it, really. Uh, yeah, just, just And if pay. we're not in it, Oh, Patreon we don't have. We should get a Patreon. We should get a Patreon? Yeah, so that people can pay us on Patreon. Pay you on Patreon. Yeah. Do you think that, that people are actually going to pay for this shit? No. <laughs> um, but, but also, you know. yeah, anyway. So, yeah, you get your t-shirt for uh, for uh, $50 odd dollars, um, from the uh, from the What's Our Seat Number non-existent store. Exactly. And, uh, you can With also, your doubloons. Yes, and, and for another $100, you can add an intimacy coordinator so that... Uh, so that we can uh, have somebody overseeing the cuddle, just to make sure that it doesn't go too far. Um, why are you looking at me like that? What did I did I no? Am I not allowed to say that? Should I should I start again? Why are you looking at me like that? What is this? Say something for God's sake! <laughs> just say the, something. The, the, just wipe. Calm the, down, Lynn. <laughs> you've broken your neck. Wipe the resting bitch face off your face. No, I'm just confused as to how it went there so fast. I just confused all the time. Right. I think this has gone off the rails let's, enough. Let's let's in outro again, okay? But this time, Do I don't have to threaten to molest anyone. Do I have to stop the music? I, I, I hope you did a while back. I didn't. I didn't threaten anyone. I didn't want to molest anyone. I was just saying that if anybody feels that they need an intimacy coordinator present during the hug, virtual or not. Then it's it's another hundred. But Johnny, who's fucking paying for the intimacy coordinator? It's a job. It's not something you just say. Oh, you're an intimacy coordinator. Will you oversee my hug? Yes, no problem. No, that's not how Janine from the intimacy coordination agency does it. Janine, what she does is she gets paid very much money for doing a very important job. Did you? How do you know Janine? Well, she's you know made sure that I've been coordinated intimately. Very good. <laughs> But I had to pay through the fucking nose for it. Now, all I'm saying, Jonathan, is that you don't like it when people say, ooh, ooh, you point a camera. Right? But you do, you know that it's dif it's difficult. You know, when people say to me, oh, it's just your pixels on the pixely pixel thing. No, it's not just pixels on the pixely pixel thing. And I will have you know that if an intimacy coordinator is needed, we will fucking have to open a Patreon so that we can fucking afford it. So don't offer to give out hugs. Don't open us up to a lawsuit and play the fucking outro i want you to just like run a finger over your pop filter just to see if it's wet <laughs> bone dry, bone dry. <laughs> well it's working overtime i gotta say <laughs> <laughs> all right well that was fun bye bye what's our seat number <laughs>